to another excited episode of Matt and E, Matt and There. Today we'll be reviewing the film Paris is Burning. Woo! Yeah, so I was a little bit worried um, going into this film. Um, very admirably, Arissa, you know, goes out of her way to sort of watch films or TV shows about um, topics that are, you know, unrepresented as well as um, from directors who are underrepresented, um, which, you know, sometimes results in seeing things that are, you know, which is an important endeavor to do, uh, but sometimes it results in sort of some things that are that picking from a smaller pool, so things aren't necessarily as good. Like, Arissa watched Legend of Korra, but not the original Avatar, The Last Airbender, which still blows my mind. Uh, I one day will watch Avatar, The Last Airbender, but there's no queer characters in that show. I don't have time to watch stuff about, you know. If it's not queer, it's not here in Arissa's mind space. Anyway, so I was yeah. worried that this movie would, you know, not be very good. Um, and that fear was quickly allayed, I would say. Um, yeah. th this movie is about a drag ball um, that took place, or dra a series of drag balls that took place at it's this club. It's about drag culture. Drag it's culture. about a couple balls. It's like the culture of drag in the mid to late 80s. Right. So the time, I think this was shot over the court. How many years? Do you know how many years it was shot over? 1987 to 1989. Okay. Or like separate years. Because they have a title card, 1987, and then at the end of the film, 1989. Yeah, it's this, this per I think it was shot by like, um, like someone from Yale or something. Jenny Livingston, yep, a Yale grad. <laughs> so you know we're not we're not big fans of Yale on the podcast. Yale sucks, but Yale you, does suck. But anyway, so it's like this person who's sort of like you know, um, from not like, the culture. Yeah. Not definitely not in the culture. Definitely you know very privileged. Uh, probably at least I actually I don't know her, but my assumption is um, when Yale white woman, fairly privileged. I assume. I assume too, which is anyway. Um, and it's about these, these drag balls that took place, um, primarily with people of color, um, in the 87, 89 range. Um, yeah, I would sort of say there's documentaries are tricky. We've done a couple of documentaries on this show. Yep. Um, and I think one of the hard things about doing a documentary is sort of transferring the concept of um, whatever footage you have into some kind of narrative. Yeah. Um, and I don't think the movie succeeded very well in that. Um, I think about 20 into the, I, you know, I started the movie and I'm like, drag culture, what's that about? Why do people do that? I don't understand it. And about 10 minutes in, you know, there's these scenes and the people are talking and they're basically like, you know, culture or, um, the country has marginalized us a lot. We feel like, you know, we have these goals we want to achieve and we really can't do them because of limitations from culture or because not from culture limitations, um, based on like, you know, other people are prejudiced. Mind you, this is back, you know, in the eighties when AIDS was a lot more of a problem. Um, yeah, I think, okay, I'll let you finish and then I'll dig into you. Continue. Okay. And basically, you know, their, their point was, Oh, like, you know, we do these drag balls because it's our way of sort of, you know, being able to real art. 
you know, at least have a taste of the, these uh, these goals that we want to realize. And then the movie goes on for another hour. And it's not, you know, a bad hour, but it didn't really feel like to me that the movie was going anywhere. And the ending of the movie um, was just kind of odd to me. Um, there is an, there is an event that happens at the end of the movie that we probably don't want to spoil. Um, but it's just sort of like this event and then the movie ends. Um, and it, yeah, it kind of lacked a narrative form to me. I I, think, yeah, go ahead. But I think it's, it's an important topic to visit. Um, you know, and it's reasonably well done. I just don't think it really had much of a form. So for me, I think this is my second time seeing this film. Um, the first time was in college for my documentary filmmaking class. And for me, I feel like that criticism of the fact that like it lacks what we think of as like a narrative, what we would traditionally think of as a narrative structure. Um, I can see that criticism, but I don't think that that impacts how good this film is. I think if you go into it, I guess maybe it depends on how you go into it. If you go into it thinking, I'm going to watch a documentary where we follow like two or three subjects through their journey. No, that's not what you're going to get. So maybe that's why, because you went into it like that. Whereas I went into it on this second viewing, knowing what it was about already. Um, So I would say for people who have not seen it, that I don't think that Matt's criticism of it um, is necessarily going to impact your viewing of the film. Because I think the way it's structured narratively, well, yeah, the way it's structured is by it's showing us pieces of drag ball culture. And so it's taking, there's so many characters in this film. And so you can't do what people traditionally do with documentaries. Instead, what's done is you go through, it's sort of like a vocabulary lesson, the whole film, um, where there there are title cards explaining a certain aspect of ball culture and um, and then different characters will expand upon what that word means and how how they interact with that word in ball culture. So, for example, the term, you know, well, this is a term I'm sure people have heard because it's all over these days, like reading and shade. Right. And so. People, so that's, that'll appear on the title card, right? Like read. And then there's an explanation of what read means to different people. And there's, um, shots of, you know, people reading other people, you know, so there's, um, I'm blanking on the term. So there's both narration about reading and then also like actual shots of people reading other people. There's, there's interviews and that type of stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so for me, I, I like this film because there's so many interesting characters in it and they all get a slice of this pie. You know, we're not zoomed in. There are a few characters that I think will stick with you later. Like watching it the second time, there were some that I forgot, but some that I definitely remembered. Um, and so, but it's, I think it's just, I think it's wonderfully done. And I think it's very economical. It doesn't drag on. It's uh, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's got a hour twenty minute runtime. It's a very it's a short movie. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you're, I, I definitely think they could have edited together in a way that sort of gave it more of a sense of momentum. I know, but I think, I almost feel like that wouldn't be the proper thing to do with this, though. Because like what I said. Why not? Yes. She could have picked two or three characters. There are definitely two or three characters that we could have been really tight and close on in this documentary, right? Um, you know, I'm thinking uh, Venus Extravaganza, right? Um, I don't remember any of the characters' Octavia, names. Octavia uh, St. Laurent? I don't know. I don't remember any of their names. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and, yes, you could have had a... Wait, I mean, me I, I think you're, you're talking about you could have, like, some kind... Let me explain. Let okay. me explain. So you could have had, like, that, right? And you could have been tight on them and seen more of their journey, right? But I think that that would make it appear as something different. I think because we have so many characters in this film and we hear from a lot of them equally, it feels like a huge movement as opposed to when it's just a couple people you're following. Sometimes it can feel very like isolated and insulated. And granted, this type of culture was very, you know, marginalized and not a part of, you know, mainstream, obviously not at all. Um, but I feel like the fact that it was that we saw it like it was the whole world because everybody in this film was involved and there were so many characters. I feel like that gives it a sense of this is this is the world, you know, I mean, I don't think you have an op like there's definitely documentaries that are topic based that still have more of a sense of momentum than like than this one. Okay. Like, like I, I don't think that, uh, yeah. I don't think there needs a, you don't think necessarily you need to choose between like, you know, having a variety of sources and sort of focusing on like, you know, topics rather than like, you know, characters or sure. specific chronology. Um, I think you could have also had these, these various interviews, um, you know, with a wide range of, of characters um, while still having a sense of momentum driving the film forward. The, the the film's ending, I still stand by, like, the film's ending just seemed very odd to me. It just felt like, you know, it felt like they they were done. There was no sort of arc. I mean, how would you end it? I don't, I don't know. I would sort of have a much more, I would have clearer through lines about the different topics that they were addressing. And so what would you say are those topics? I mean, there, you mentioned the vocabulary. I think that's sort of something that, you know, could have been a middle section. You could have a section more about the marginalization. Um, they talk a lot about the marginalization from the, the perspective of, the, um, of the, the people who participate in these balls um, in terms of, you know, they say that they're having a hard time finding work. Um, you know, they, they steal stuff. They, you know, they, they work the streets, I guess. Um, and I think, or like, you know, they have trouble, you know, getting into society. And I, I think sort of showing, like, more of that, like, you know, having a different perspective on that in terms of, you know, to have the person having shown, like, research or maybe graphics or I don't know. 
uh, like you know they, they could have dealt on that topic a little bit more as part of it. It just it felt thrown out of board, and you know I don't have the if I had all the footage I would have cut it very differently in terms of trying to have a clearer arc and a better sense of momentum. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I like, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I guess just for me, I, I didn't need momentum. Like, I was just... Every minute of this film, it feels like you are... Because it's something that, like, most people have no idea about, and certainly in 1991 when it was released, like, even less people had any idea about. I think because of that, I feel like every minute I'm learning something about this culture that I don't know anything about, but that is in, you know, my city, potentially. I mean, I don't live in New York, but certain fall culture happened in Chicago as well, I'm sure. So for me, I didn't need, I don't need momentum. Like, just the topic is a momentum for me. Granted, not necessarily for everybody. So... I, the topic might be inherently interesting and inherently have conflict, or what's the word I'm thinking of, tension. And the people, it's like, are you ever, do you ever watch a show or a movie and you're like, I'm not really sure why, but I like can't look away? That's how I feel with this film. Yeah, I guess I wasn't as intrigued by the, the culture as you were. I look like, like, you know, it's like these, um, it's like these hip hop documentaries I watch from time to time. <laughs> it would kind of remind me of that because those also don't always have the best sense of momentum. Because I guess you know it's hard to you're trying to retroactively tell a story based mm-hmm. on things that happened, and yeah. you know I guess it takes place in the same thing. But a lot of these documentaries, it sort of starts out it's like you know times were tough, and you know you sort of have an intro about what happens, and then sort of they go chronologically about, you know, different rap groups or different styles that emerged. And they don't always make sense. And, you know, it doesn't always drive forward in a sensible way. And the, the chronologies don't always match up, but, um, it's still like, you know, entertaining just to watch and, you know, listen to the music and all that stuff. And I, I, you can sort of get that sense from this movie. Um, where it can be get that a lot of that sense from this movie. Whereas I can see how some people wouldn't necessarily. Yeah, I just, I, I don't feel like, like I, I guess I, I watched the movie like a couple weeks ago, so I'm removed from it. Like nothing really stands out to me other than like, you know, the impression I got from the first few minutes and that stayed with me and, you know, it was still positive. The movie doesn't drag on. The movie is not, you know... It's not, it's not a, like a boring, painful movie to watch. It's just sort of, you get a sense and then it sort of, you know, stays in that general sense for a while and then it's just kind of over. And I think, I don't know, maybe, maybe it is because I have watched it more recently than you, but for me, like, it certainly, it starts somewhere and then I'd say in the middle Right. That's when you need to start to, like, complicate what you have already shown us. Right. And I feel like how does, they do, how does that. It do that. 
And I feel like they do that with the um, interviews and the um, footage with um, Octavia St. Laurent and um, Venus Extravaganza. So they're two... um, I mean... There's interviews throughout the movie, though. I know, I know. But in... So in the middle of the film, they are... They... Those two are interviewed, and I'm not sure what terminology to use because back in the day, people didn't say trans women, but I'm going to call them trans women because I feel like that's what they would call themselves today. Um, Venus Extravaganza and Octavia St. Laurent um, talk about, you know, like what they want out of their lives and how, like, Octavia wants to become a model, and, you know, she in drags, drag balls, or in balls she competes in the realness category, which is all about like, you know, I think at one point in the film, um, the guy who's doing the kind of emceeing of the event says, you know, like a lady at the, in the daytime, you know, like you can walk around, you can go on the subway, you can whatever. And no one thinks anything other than this is a woman. Right. And so like that, so they both compete in those categories and they talk about like, you know, what they want out of their life, how they want to, you know, I think Venus mentions, I want to have a house and, you know, a man who loves me. And Octavia's like, you know, maybe adopt some kids and whatever. And so that to me, I feel like that's where we get real. And I don't mean because, you know, the category of realness, but real because it's like at the beginning, it was sort of like, this is a show. But in that segment, in those segments in the middle, it's like this is a struggle, you know, and they want these things that everybody wants. But it's like going to be a lot harder to be able to achieve that because of where they are starting out. And um, and then the end of the film, certainly, I mean, I know what you're talking about, the thing that happens at the end that you don't want to ruin for people. And I agree um, that obviously kind of adds to what happened in the middle in that segment of what these women want. Um, yeah. I, d- I don't feel like it has as much weight as it probably, if you're trying to argue that's the arc of the film, I don't think the, I don't the think ending had. The film. I, do, I don't think that because I don't think that that's the focus of the film, but I think that that's a place where the film gets more, where it steps away from just being, this is, you know, look at this ball, you know, and it goes into more of like, this is life for these individuals. I mean, I thought the powerful moment was the, the people who were talking about getting thrown out of their house and, you know, not being supported by their parents at all. Yeah. Uh, like the very young kids. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. I mean, these are these are very empathetic people. And I, I think it's another thing that we sort of haven't really talked about in other documentaries, and so, is sort of like the um, like the the inherent value in um, you know this movie existing and trying to do something. Yeah, I think that's you know commendable, and I, I'm not sure what type of impact it had on the the world, but yeah, it it seems like you know the. More so than other documentaries, I would say this is a movie worth watching to to learn something. Like, 
I mean, other documentaries also obviously teach you something, but it's things that, like, you know, you're kind of interested in already, as opposed to this movie, which I think sort of tells you about something that you probably didn't know very much about and probably should know more about. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree, for sure. I mean, it... um, So what effect did it have? I mean, it won the jury prize at Sundance. Um, It was nominated for Best Documentary Feature. I don't know, though, like, how widespread it was in 1991. Like, today you know, a film that's nominated for an Academy Award, like, it'll probably end up on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or whatever, and someone can stream it. And certainly you could always just stream it illegally off the internet if you're that type of person. Um, but don't back- do that. We don't, we don't advocate that. Yeah, no, Please I support cinema. Yeah. Um, but back in the day, like, I don't... Oh, I'm sorry, no. It fa- I'm sorry, I read, I read this wrong. It did not get nominated for an Academy Award. But it did win Sundance, and so, but I think still, like, something that wins Sundance, usually it'll become available to people on the internet fairly soon. Whereas in 1991, without the internet, I don't know, I mean, it probably just got buried unless it was watched at, you know, colleges or whatever. That's really the only place I can see something like this being watched. Um, And so what effect did it have? Who knows? Um, I guess we have RuPaul's Drag Race now, which I've, I've never watched. But but you know, the, the frustrating thing is that, so this film came out in 1991. It was obviously documenting things in the late 80s. And you mentioned that, you know, times then were much different. And definitely they were. Obviously now we have treatments for HIV AIDS um, that allow people to live like it's a chronic disease as opposed to a death sentence. But, um, but I think that a lot of things have not changed. I was really, yeah, I'm not saying that the world is a perfect place now. I'm just saying it's yeah. slightly better than it was 25, I mean, uh, but, 20, but 30 I, years ago. But I also think for who though, because I was, I was talking to some trans women and like they were sharing experiences that sounded very much like, the um, people you were talking about in this film who were talking about getting kicked out of their houses and their family doesn't accept them anymore. And they, they steal from Roy Rogers. Yeah. Yes. I was like, they, you know, my one qualm with this film is that they didn't explain how they stole the food from Roy Rogers. It was just like that they did it, but I don't know how they were able to do it anyway. Um, it's the type of brand uh, Brandon you need to- that movie, this movie could have made its money back for, you know. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, so that's something that I just kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I think it, it reminds you of, for me, it reminds me of how far we haven't come and how far we really should have been able to come by now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have the answers to society's problems. <laughs> it's okay, Matt. You don't have to. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, yeah. My, my my general summary of this movie is um, it 
tells you information about, you know, something you probably didn't think you wanted to know, need to know about, but, you know, is, you know, as Arissa said, like, you know, even today, you know, there's problems with getting the rights, and I think part of that um, is sort of, uh, it can be very easy to put this, you know, out of mind, uh, at very much the detriment of, of people in these situations. Um, yeah, it is made competently, but it kind of lacks a narrative, and I think it could have been done better. But it does get points in my book for sort of tackling this topic. So I would I would give this a very high three. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four. Um, I think because I liked it more than you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you're giving it a high three, I feel like I, and I would just give it a four also, because I think, I think it's important. I think there's, and it's, I, I would, I would agree. It's a very, it's a very important movie. I know, but I also think that it is well done. I think we disagree on that, which is okay. Um, and I'd actually be really curious to see if other people watch it and what they think of it based off of our discussion that we've had. Um, because, I really do want to know what other people think about your point about the momentum issue and my point about the, um, the kind of like way of handling the ensemble. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, I think, yeah, I think it's important. I think it's well done. And honestly, I'd watch it again. So I, and I think, I think every probably wouldn't watch it again. That's fine. I would recommend to, for people to watch it. Cool. Matinee, matinee. Manatee, manatee. Have a very delightful day. Bye. <laughs>